0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 61 of Shaman Talk. I'm Rhonda and I'm your host. And this week I'm delighted to welcome a guest with us, Sam McLaren. So for many of you in our Facebook group, you'll know Sam as our resident Celtic specialist. She also has her own group, which is called Brigantia Wisdom Traditions. And you can also join that group, find her there on Facebook. So in this episode, I invited Sam along because I wanted to hear a little bit more about her talk to you a little bit more about how she works with shamanism, Um, we want to dispel some myths about um, Celtic work and hear a bit about Sam's amazing year, she had some health challenges and um, how shamanism really helped her to overcome those challenges. So welcome Sam.
1: Hello, good to be here.
0: So let's just start off with a wee story, shall we? Why don't you tell us some, um, something about your journey with shamanism, or as I know that you sometimes prefer the word seership, is that right? And what are, yep. some of the, what are some of the challenges that you faced along the way that have brought you to where you are today?
1: My goodness, that's quite a big question. So I, 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 like many people, who have been drawn to this this particular spirituality? It's it started when I was very very young. And I remember being eight years old, and my first sort of shamanic experience was a kind of uh, dismemberment experience when I became aware that I was going to die one day, and. Um, prior to that i hadn't really thought about that and it sort of created this very strange reaction in me and i had about three months of um seeing my body um i suppose decomposing you know all the time it was kind of like a really a really really sort of um intrusive experience which i just didn't understand i just saw myself constantly being um like rotting away and then coming, coming being built back up again, and it's only since sort of studying shamanism later in life that I recognised what that was, which was kind of like a, a herald of of um, the ability apparently. And I've always I've always had the ability to detect energy and particularly sort of uh, fluctuations in energy like many people, it's like the the obvious one is when you can walk into a, a room where somebody's had an argument and you feel it. You just feel, you can feel it in, in the atmosphere, but that is extended further for me. I can feel sadness and I can feel joy and I can feel like uh, things that have happened in houses, for example, like um, before I lived there or hundreds of years ago it's, it's it's I'm just very very sensitive to energy i don't i don't sort of i wouldn't say i was necessarily clairvoyant to start with that's something that kind of happened later on um and then like many people i sort of went through the whole uh, neo pagan thing uh got into sort of like uh, wicca witchcraft that sort of stuff when i was in my early 20s and then it, when it was, a, I had a um, a near-death experience when I was 26 um, and I was in a nightclub and I got glassed in the neck, in the jugular vein and uh, very, very nearly died. And it was after after that experience that everything changed and I started looking at different different types of spirituality and that's when I guess the shamanism really started to come calling and so I studied that for a long long time various different teachers um, and then sort of doing a fast forward up into the last five years I, I realized that sort of all of this shamanic stuff was putting me in touch with with my own roots if you like working with elders from other other uh, cultures was teaching me how to relate to the spirits of my own land and so i ended up on, on a very a very uh, blinkered path in the end if you like of of studying authentic sort of celtic uh, history and practices and that's kind of where i am today
0: Super. So it sounds like your path has been really quite long and buried and you know the spirits have given you that um foundation that we all need to be able to do this work. Um so I guess then in the last sort of five years since you've become more how did you put it more blinkers and more focused with the Celtic work. What are some of the challenges that you've found with that, do you think?
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> um well well certainly first of all first and foremost for me was the challenge of having to um relearn things um and sort of put aside uh sort of previously precious beliefs that i held about what what celtic shamanism was and about what 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 the practices were and all this kind of stuff and it's like it was a real a real shock to discover that a lot of the things that I have been assuming were authentic Celtic practices actually weren't anything of the kind.
0: Mm. Um, so I guess then that leads us nicely into what were some of those practices that you thought were Celtic but actually aren't?
1: Okay so one of the biggest ones um, and, I, and I'm sort of saying this really with with, with slight trepidation <laughs> <laughs> but you know I've got to be I've got to st- I've got to stay in my power and I've got to speak the tr- speak my particular truth and and the, but the, one of the biggest ones was the um, this idea of the four directions having uh, an element ascribed to them so you know we have air in the east and fire in the south and water in the west mm-hmm. earth in the north and that's very frequently cited as as being the, the Celtic Celtic elements in the in the four mm. directions, and so to find out that that wasn't the case was was quite a big shock. So I suppose I can you imagine because it
0: was shock for me as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you want to know where it comes from, don't you? That's your next question. I can feel it. So
0: it's coming.
1: <laughs> yes, well, that that particular um, theory, if you like, is actually from ancient greece and uh, comes from a philosopher called empedocles he was the first first to to posit that as a as a working theory and then of course the um that sort of filtered through into uh later kind of organizations like the the order of the golden dawn hermetic order of the golden dawn who um adopted it as part of their ceremonial magic tradition um, mm-hmm. and of course from that branch you then have the Gardinerian witchcraft uh, which I believe is perhaps the 1940s and from that you had, a, you had a kind of split where you had the, the neo-Druidry and the neo-paganism uh, in the, these forms of witchcraft and Wicca and they, they adopted that Greek um placement for the elements but and you know that's fine if if that's if that's the way you want to use it but for me obviously because i'm i'm having to focus my work on on traditional and, and authentic sources you know I had to move all of that aside and thought, well, you know what what is there then what what's there and it was it was a shock. It was a shock not not to have that as a as a kind of an, a starting point because the the celts in in the literature, and I know it occurs in uh, the Welsh uh, stories of the Mabinogi and some of the uh poetry of the Irish uh, poet um Agen Whitney they talk about nine elements in the celtic you know celtic belief system rather than four mm. um, yeah so.
0: so it's pretty, A, pretty different so, to what we're used to and pretty, pretty as well pretty and well i remember yeah yeah and well i remember for everybody who's listening who wants to and um, learn a bit more about the celtic medicine wheel some actually did a free training in our group that's still available it's in there under the unit section we'll put a link to that group in the show notes so that you can find it um but that i mean i found that really interesting even though i kind of started to um uncover some of that as well i was like oh wow there's so much to this and then some of the later um workshops that you've done have been absolutely mind-blowing so that was a really big one that the four elements not being connected to the directions and then actually working with nine elements and the it felt a lot better somehow you know it felt a lot deeper Mm -hmm. my roots are in this land and it it feels um fresh it felt pretty good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's next then? What's after well, that? Well, after that after that one as well
1: is a, another one that's going to probably get me lynched. Is this, there was no such thing as the Celtic tree calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you see a lot of about these, um, or the tree horoscope. You know, and people like mine, mine would be a uh, hazel because I'm I'm born in August and things like that. That that has no basis, no basis in truth. I don't know if you've seen that seen that around the celtic tree you know yeah the, i've you know. seen it i've seen it around i've not worked with myself but yeah i
0: have seen it yeah around. but that's
1: just something that has so it's, no, no it's just developed as a as a as a kind of um sort of neo-pagan neo-shamanic kind of uh extension of the organ wow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which was actually and uh, and that's that brings me on to my third misconception. The Ogham was not originally a a form of divination, a divination system. It was simply a form of writing.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Look at that. That's three times straight off the bat that are. So you must come up against challenges then when you challenge people oh, with absolutely
1: affected. because if people because really i mean this stuff this this kind of stuff has gone unchallenged since 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 its conception really you know people people you know trust the information that's put out there they trust the information in books by sort of respected uh celtic um authors and things like this but it, 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 it's it's like I've said to you before, there's a kind of, if you see it as there's two, there's two types of Celtic shamanism that exist. There's the, the the kind that encompasses and borrows all of the stuff from the other cultures, like the, the four directions and things like that, and adds and their own kind of modern slant on things like the tree calendar and stuff like this. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's wrong to do or anything like that. But what I've been guided to do is is completely different. And so what's happening for me is, and with all the workshops that I'm now presenting, they all have to work within certain parameters of this kind of authenticity. But uh, what I mean is stripped back of everything that we have borrowed, everything that doesn't belong there. And I work only with the information that's encoded in the mythology. And So what what's happened is is that when you take away what doesn't belong, it doesn't dilute the power; it increases it like nothing on earth. Because you're really working just with what belongs here. That has, I have to say, that has
0: been my experience in the last, um, well, since I've met you, which has been just over a year actually. Because I met you at the UK Shamanic Gathering last year when I took your your class mm-hmm. there and. Um, I've been becoming more and more
1: interested in harassing you more and more regularly for information. No, it's fine, it's
0: fine. <laughs> but I realised, I yeah, but
1: I realised I digressed a wee bit because you asked me what the challenges were. And the challenge is, it's really mm. simple. Mm. And I think, you know, you've, you've noticed it yourself in, in certain instances that people, people do not want to have their precious beliefs deconstructed. It's as simple as that. And they will find any way to try and prove that what you're saying is, is wrong. And um, some of them get quite aggressive. And I know I, I think I've told you before, one of my my teachers uh, who is a, you know, a lecturer at Harvard University in, in Celtic history, she's she's actually had a death threat. From people from Celtic wow. shamanic wow. groups who are so upset about the fact that these things are being challenged and that they've sent people to a house to stalk her and all sorts.
0: Wow. Well, I've had a very, very mild version of that. As you all know, I'm on TikTok and I've been um, bred in the good celtic cheer about some of the things i've been learning from sam which has been really fun and actually surprisingly mostly positive but because i've got so many followers on tiktok now you always the percentage i'd say is probably like this one or two percent of people who get really annoyed about that but that's actually quite a lot of people so it's been quite interesting to watch people try and lie their way through things or make stuff up or lift things straight from wikipedia and and um some people get just downright aggressive and swearing and being really abusive but what i would say is that that's this the smallest majority the smallest amount of people the majority of people have actually been like so interested and i'm looking to to drink up more of this information which is one of the reasons that i've invited sam on because i want to be able to point people to this conversation so that they so that then they can start to you know they can find Sam. And then my next question was also: People are asking. Oh, I, you know, a lot of people on TikTok are asking, "How do I find more information? You know, what can I read? Where can I find that? Where can I do my research?" And I'm like, "Please don't Google it." <laughs> but I don't, I don't actually know what to say. So, what would be really useful is if you could give us a bit of information about how we could check things for ourselves.
1: Sure. Well, you said it yourself uh, a few minutes ago avoid Wikipedia like the plague because it is full it's because anybody the thing about wiki is that anybody can add anything to it okay so it's not it's not a reliable source of information and um I know you you talked to me about the, the girl and the who who was complaining about something that you said about um oh what was it we were talking about on tiktok and she'd pulled it yeah. oh it's, it's about to it's say yeah, yeah. And, and, and and you know she'd pulled it directly off of off of wikipedia and tried to cite that as as academic um response to what you'd said and then i sent her i said well i sent you the the, the linguistic um academic piece you know identifying where it actually came from um so that, that, that she that, that put an end to that conversation for her did not it? Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, she actually, um, yeah yeah
1: so so you avoid avoid Wikipedia and one of the best things to do is look is to look for the primary sources that is the original stories, the original mythology from Ireland and Wales. Um, because they are rich, they are rich in, in uh, symbolism and the Celtic, you know, our, our ancestors, they encoded their their wisdom, if you like, in these stories. And when you start to read it from, with a shamanic mind, you can see, you, you begin to see these things, uh, rather than it just being a, an interesting story. It's like with the, the, the medicine wheel story. Once you read that, or hear that story with a shamanic point of view, it, it suddenly becomes obvious, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also,
0: maybe we can maybe put that story in the show notes for Yes, I well, will. Well,
1: so. The only thing I'll say about that because it because it's a it's an old story, but it was it was written uh, it was actually written down in medieval early medieval period, so around about five or six hundred uh, oh. AD. Um, right at the time when uh, Christianity was taking a, a big a big hold in Ireland. So if you can, but to me, you know, the, the actual old Celtic uh, symbolism is very, very obvious. If you can just wade through all of the Christian stuff as well, of which there is plenty. But you can sort of see how it was kind of tacked on at the end you know, to make it more digestible to a Christian audience. Oh, yes, we can put that in the show notes. Um, so look look for your primary sources, these original stories. Um, I would also look, go on to, uh, if you're going to Google, do the search in Google, Google Scholar rather than just Google. Because that will give you, access. so All you right, type think, um, in into your web browser, Google Scholar, and that will take you to the academic version of Google so that you can then type in stuff that you want to look up and you'll, you'll it, it will give you academic uh, papers and uh, research and books and all that kind of thing where you can see the real things um, yeah and books by academic authors which I can I can give you a, a whole list of those in the show notes as well um, what I what I would avoid this is where I take, take my life in my hands again, is, is, is books written by Celtic shamanic authors. But that's only if you want Wonder. to, uh, you know, yeah. if you want to step away from, from the kind of neo-shamanic, neo-pagan version of it. You know, if you don't, that's absolutely fine. And I'm, as I said, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. But if you if you want to do, you know, walk this other path that that I'm on, it, you you need to to work with the academic stuff. And some of them, not all they're not all sort of stuffy and hard to understand. There's a lot of very good writers. That's good to know because anybody um, who means that I
0: don't do well with stuffy academic mm-hmm. writing.
1: <laughs> yeah well I'll try and make sure the ones I'll make sure the great. ones that I recommend are actually readable
0: that yeah. great. <laughs> so far so we've dispelled some myths with you know we've talked about how to check sources and I guess now what I'd really love it if you could do Sam is maybe walk us through the this year that you've had tell us about what's happened and how you've overcome it and why your connection to real celtic truth really supported yeah you that.
1: okay so just over it well just about a year ago um i got diagnosed with breast cancer and uh which was a bit of a surprise um but prior to that i would found a lump as most people do and rather than sort of falling into a blind panic I I started to to work shamanically with it so I ended I'm going to tell you this lovely story actually three days three days before I got my diagnosis I had a, a, a journey and I was visited by my grandmother who died 20 years ago lovely wee Glaswegian lady and she sat with me and she sang me the there's a lovely old scottish song called wild mountain time i don't know Mm -hmm. if you know that one Mm -hmm. yeah so she's sitting there with her arms around me and singing it like a like a lullaby and Mm -hmm. then she just looked at me and she said it is cancer darling but you'll be okay it'll be just like mine you'll just have surgery and radiotherapy, and everything will be fine. So that was that was the information that I got three days before I actually got the official diagnosis. So my granny, my granny already had my back. And incidentally, incidentally, I just thought I would look up um, thyme, the herb. And it turns out that the 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 active ingredients in time is being uh, researched at the moment because it may cause cell death in breast tumours. Uh, I've seen
0: that, yeah.
1: Last wow. Because so, I thought, you know, when I mean, well, you know what it's like, there's nothing nothing in journeys is just just there for the sake of it. There's there's always meaning in everything. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was meaning in that song. So, yeah, I started drinking thyme tea. It doesn't taste very nice, but, you know. So, yeah, so that was... Well, I, love yeah, was I, think, I think mom was probably having too much. <laughs> too much in one cup. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, diesel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was that. Uh-huh. And then, um, obviously, we've talked, we've made mention about the medicine wheel of the the, the Celts and, and I used that particular uh, philosophy to help me get through the well I suppose all of the emotional roller coaster that goes with it because I won't lie it's a very very scary prospect a very very frightening experience to have to go through. Um, so I worked with the the, the medicine wheel and it would be useful for people to maybe go and listen to that too, because I'll give a a deeper sort of explanation of it. Um, But basically, in the north, uh, it's all about battle and conflict. And in the East, it's about um, things like hospitality and gratitude. In the South is music and power. And in the West is knowledge and teaching and all this kind of stuff. So any, anything, any situation in life usually tends to start in the West, which is with knowledge or information, which is what happened. I got a diagnosis and that moved me straight into the North into the place of battle, conflict and fear. So I had to work with with my uh, emotions with that direction, but also did a lot of work with the tumor itself. I journeyed into the tumor and asked it why it was there, what it wanted. This is all under the uh, tutelage of the direction of North, I hasten to add. So journeyed into the tumor, asked it what it wanted from me, what 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 i needed in order to heal which was really really enlightening absolutely incredible if anybody you know ever gets a situation where they get a diagnosis like that i really recommend actually dialoguing with the disease because it gives you so much so much insight and i I believe that working my way around that wheel was the thing that saved me it saved me from having to have chemotherapy it it seemed to accelerate my healing so that I from from actual diagnosis to surgery to completing radiotherapy to being completely discharged and cancer-free was only eight months Wow! you know for most people you know it can be a year two years of treatment before they're, before they're free
0: mm. What was your um, your biggest learning from that? My
1: biggest learning is, is that um, a that fear fear is a very fragile construct it, it can it, it sort of manifests as this, as this monstrous monstrous thing. But when you actually face it, it's 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 just it just disappears. It's it's so strange. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the right word. It it just doesn't stand up to being stood up to. Fear just disintegrates when you stand up to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that that was that was the first thing. And then the second, you know, the second big teaching is is was just the power, just the power of the the Celtic shamanic experience, the work that I was doing and the power of the mind-body connection.
0: Hmm. Wow, fantastic. And I think that, yeah, wow. I mean, I know that story already, but I love to hear it again, because it just shows the, I guess what it shows is that shamanism isn't a thing you do yeah it's a thing we are it's part of our existence or at least it should be and for many it isn't and i think that that's one of the things that we're missing in life we're missing the connection to whether you work with guides or not and what you know we do but many people work in a different way but it's, it's not even that it's just the connection to the rhythms the seasons and cycles nature how how we connect with our our self, our mind, soul, and body. And I think that a lot of the disease in our culture is, is lack, purely that lack of connection. And it sounds really simple, but when you find that connection again, as I've done, as you have done, as many of us listening will have done, it's just so transformational. It, it, it's got such a power to it. And then when you add to that, the, the roots of the land that you come from, or the roots even the roots of the land where you are not necessarily where you come from it's just whatever resonates with your heart i think that that really um makes it sing makes it vibrate and yeah absolutely
1: and i also also the the presence the the palpable presence of my ancestors as well was something else that, that was really really obvious i mean i have a i have a friend sue who's a medium and she she kept getting messages from my from my grandmother from my my great uncle, and to the point that they were so accurate. I mean, they, my my great uncle Jimmy came through and just said, "Oh, you, you you'll have your surgery on the fifth of November, and then that that that'll be you done and dusted." And that was that was in mm. September that he that he told mm. told me that. And then I get I get the letter from the hospital with my. Uh, surgery day guess what fifth of november last year
0: fantastic. fantastic and you know that connection that people look for you know because we hear these miracle stories that like you've just said you've just told us a couple of things from your grandmother and then from your your uncle and i've had similar things in my life where it's like it's almost seen as a miracle but i don't think those should be miracles and i think that that's, that would often have been the way of life. It would have been how we lived and communicated. Our ancestors would have been part of things and not separate. But what I also think is that in order for us to get back to that connection, each of us has to do our own work. So I think a lot of people crave that connection and really want to be able to know the truth of what we're doing. But there's we, we carry so much trauma with us just simply because of the way we live that it can take a bit of time can't it, to work through that and get to the point of, connections so we can trust ourselves trust the messages trust what's happened to us um and i think that the work that we do and the work of all of the people who listen to this these podcasts and who dedicate themselves to learning about reconnecting in this way and dedicate themselves to their own personal development and whatever way works for them it's really important not only to you and your family but also the planet as well i think and the great oh absolutely
1: the and the um but the, the other thing that that we're up against as well is our social conditioning the the western materialist mm. mind that tells you there's no mm. such thing as ghosts there's no such thing as 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 this that and the next thing so when you come and you're trying to make these connections This is another another one of the 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 big challenges I think of of shamanism, not just the Celtic side of it, but any kind of spirituality is the amount of ridicule that we are subjected to from from people who, you know, are living a, a normal sort of materialist life. And well, also for myself, even though I've had you know I've always had this this spiritual connection, I was brought up in a very scientific, logical, rational family for ages and ages I was battling left brain versus right brain for decades really not really you know is it real am I, is this really happening to me and I know a lot of people feel the same when they first start to journey is it real or am I just imagining yes. it but you you know you hit the nail on the head when you said that you know in times past you know the, the, this would have been normal this connection to the other world was normal. The Celts, for example, they, they regarded the other world as being contiguous to ours. In other words, it was constantly interacting and there was just, you know, the, like dimensions moving in and out of each other, this constant presence, which is where mm. I think that idea of the veil mm. comes from. It's just, it's like literally just a, you know, constant moving in and out between worlds. and. The, the, the ancestors knew this and they were constantly in contact. And that's what we've lost. We've had that contact severed. And for those of us that are trying to get it back, we're, all, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with our cultural conditioning as well. And mm-hmm.
0: I think that can be really isolating. Um, I'm very lucky in that my family were spiritual my parents were both spiritual mediums and I grew up in a very spiritual family and I rebelled and became normal for a time until I found a way back to it, you know, in my own way. But what I, yeah, I come across that a lot. People feel really isolated and my family don't understand and my friends think I'm crazy. And it's just really important to know that everybody can come to our group, the Centre for Shamanism, or you can join Sam's group. At the brigantia wisdom traditions or both there will always be people there who will listen and who will be able to support you with your awakening if that's what you're experiencing or if you're awake then yes of a try then come and join us you know it's a really both groups are really supportive and friendly and you, you can't you know i think a lot of people worry as well about getting it wrong or like know it's hard to get you know follow the sensible principles you know put your seatbelt on as if you were in a car and then just take your time and once you get over the initial so I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people there's the initial hump isn't there the awakening hump that's either a dark night of the soul or you struggle to connect or you doubt too much or you have resistance and there's so much there's a lot of content and resources out there available to help you with that but once you get over that it's like second nature it's like breathing it just becomes part of your life and it's it was one of the best things that ever happened to me um I'm, i would probably be dead if it wasn't for shamanism if i'm quite honest so i think that And i think that that's true yeah i think that's true for a lot of people um i love it though very hard and like you say it can be it can right? be a very
1: lonely path and you you can end up losing you know one of the things the, the themes that's that's been recurring for me throughout throughout this and especially as i've gone much much deeper is that the the spirits will just clear your path they will clear everything out of your way that doesn't serve your highest interests, and they don't care how much that hurts sometimes it's like they sort of forget that we're these mm-hmm. these puny we humans mm-hmm. with our puny human emotions. You know, they just get the job done. You know, so this means I've lost people, you know, right, left and centre that I thought were really, really close friends and then they, they're revealed to not be so. You know, it's painful. It is really painful.
0: Yeah. I've definitely had that myself but I wouldn't what's really interesting is I wouldn't change it for all the tea in China I just feel like so mm-hmm. um, yep. blessed I think is the word blessed even though it's hard I would it was harder before for me I don't know about you but before I found shamanic work and spirituality my life was definitely way harder yes. so it's like a different kind of hard isn't it it's like a growth and I'm moving forward and I'm a momentum hard and you always know mm-hmm. that you know the universe has got your back Yeah, Yeah. it's always got there's always
1: a reason why these things happen, and you know, that reason becomes manifest, you know, further down the line, and you're like, oh, that's why. Okay.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, well, thank you, Sam. I've had a really lovely conversation with you today. Um, We will get all of this information. Onto the show notes for you, and you'll find that at centreforshamanism.com forward slash 61, which is where all the show notes are. This week we won't do our activities and journey section, but what I will do is encourage you to go and watch Sam's medicine wheel training that she did in the group, and we'll put a link for that in the show notes. So you can, if you've not seen that before, go and have a watch if you have seen it maybe you can watch it again and see if there's anything new that pops out and maybe um, you can kind of listen to that with a an eye on the story the medicine wheel story that we'll put on the show notes as well so that that way you can start to learn how to read the story remove the christian elements and kind of kind of connect in with it, with the kind of celtic truth of that um that story that might be a, a useful thing to do if that you, <laughs> is which it certainly does for me <laughs> So Sam, thank you so much for coming along this week. I really appreciate your time. Uh, We love having you in the group. What I really want to say um, now is that you're just there. You don't ask for anything in return. You're just available to people, you answer questions. Um, You're always very generous with your time and with your insight. Um, So I'd just like to personally thank you for all of your support and for your wonderful knowledge and wisdom that you bring oh bless you. Make it's my, my absolute future.
1: pleasure I'm blessed to have you in my life thank
0: you mm. so thanks very much for joining us guys I hope you enjoy this week's podcast and I'll see you all same time same place hey thank you so much for listening we love it we love you we love connecting with you on our podcast we're really pushing our Facebook community right now it is where all the just say shamanic stuff happens so if you'd like to join us in that community you'll find us on Facebook and look for the Centre for Shamanism community group and we'll see you there